It's time for another edition of Your Home Discovery, broadcast nationally on AM and FM radio stations, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and more, plus easily found on most social media channels. Podcast available at yourhomediscovery.com. Your Home Discovery, keeping everything around your home sweet home looking great. Now, here's your host, Charlie Campbell. Welcome into another edition of Your Home Discovery. Sponsored in part by Contractors Garage. Ready to get your business out of the basement? Check them out. Contractorsgarage.com. I am Charlie Campbell, helping you discover all aspects of home renovation, construction, or whatever happens to be on your mind this time of year. Are you planning an interior project, an exterior project, or is it something more simple like you're Tired of the way the kitchen faucet operates. No matter the issue, Charlie at yourhomediscovery.com is available to you 24-7, 365. And if I don't have the answer, I have a whole team of people to help because there's no way one person can know everything. Even though my mom always told me that she thought I did, or maybe she just told me that I acted like it. I'm really not sure. A lot of times on the program, we talk about things like excavation. We talk about framing. I remember one program, we got very detailed into the structural integrity of parallel beams. We talked about deflection factor, and those things can get kind of boring if you have absolutely no interest in framing, and you're just doing some renovations. Another topic that's constantly covered on the program is two of the things or three of the things in your home, I guess, mechanically, that we tend to interact with a lot. So over the past few weeks, we've talked quite a little bit about electrical. How come when I flip this switch, the light comes on, but when I flip the other one, it doesn't shut off? But if I started with the other one, it does. The whole three-way traveler wiring, and we took that apart, kind of broke that down, probably in more detail than we should have for some people that already know how that wiring happens. But I've had four or five emails that have really been appreciative for that knowledge. We also talk a lot about heating and air conditioning. We've talked about mini split technology, the reality that we're not creating cool, we're simply moving heat, which by default creates cool. Most importantly, changing the filters. We talk a lot about the mechanical areas of electrical, mechanical, and of course, one of the most common questions is plumbing. And I think that's because as a homeowner, if it's not warm enough or not cool enough in our home, well, we call the man and he comes out and fixes it. But on a daily basis, we don't look at the furnace. We do look at the lavatory faucet, the toilet, the shower faucet. We turn on the washing machine, the dishwasher. We turn hoses on outside to water plants in the summer. We always remember in the colder climates around the United States, we remember to unhook our garden hose when it's starting to get super cool outside because we don't want something to rupture. We've talked about water treatment, reverse osmosis, water heating, and how in the cooler months around the country, water heaters have to work harder. We've talked about the difference between a water heater and a hot water heater. We've talked about all kinds of concepts. And as we do that, 
plumbing, mechanical, electrical, we continually seem to refer back to, depending upon your market, talk to your code official. We talk about the municipality's governing body and what code you're operating under. And when I say what code, there are a ton of different code years for different codes adopted across the country. And it's really tough to know in the city that you're in what code year is each trade operating under. And some trades operate under different code years for the different trades. It's very confusing, but I can tell you the entire code process is difficult to wrap your brain around if it's not what you do on a daily basis. Having said all that, that brings me to the point of my guest today. Joining me in studio, I have Mr. Brian Rogers, the Senior Vice President of Field Services with an acronym, IATMO. Brian, thanks for joining us here on Your Home Discovery. First off, how are you? I'm great, Charlie, and man, th- thanks a lot for having me on your show. I know we've tried to do this multiple times, multiple times yes. and, uh, and we finally nailed it down, and uh, we're here. Well, and two busy schedules makes that a challenge. So I started out by saying it's an acronym, and for those in the industry, if you're in the mechanical industry, if you're in the plumbing industry, even if you're an electrician, you know what IAPMO is. If you're not... You have no idea what we just said. Why don't you spell out that acronym for us? And I won't make you do it multiple times. Great. That, that, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> uh, the reason why we have that acronym is because the pronunciation or the organization name of International Association of Plumbing and Mechanical Officials can be quite a mouthful. And a tongue twister. And if you get your tongue tumbled, you're in really trouble. Indeed. Just saying. So... International Association, Plumbing Mechanical Officials, and overall, what does IAPMO do? Let's start at that level. Great. We are a multifaceted organization, but at the heart of our organization is our codes and standards development. Okay. And what we do is we use the ANSI process, which is the American National Standards Institute right. process, right. to develop plumbing codes and mechanical codes. Those are our two flagship documents. Right. Now, we do develop and publish other codes, but for homeowners and people that own businesses, the plumbing and the mechanical are the ones that sure. are really affected their daily lives. Right, right. And as you do that, I think what I like the most about IATMO is that in order to write these codes, you don't have four people in an office somewhere in the world that are making all these decisions by themselves. I think it's the group, it's the it's the involvement level internationally of the people that are involved in helping to tweak in the code committees. And we don't have to get into all that, but I think it's something to be proud of because it literally separates you from some of the other codes. I mean, there's a few other codes out there, but I'll be honest, I've been in the career almost too many years to mention 
And I absolutely have the most respect for the IATMO set of codes. And that's why I felt so strongly that I wanted to go over that. So many times we'll say, well, you can't do this because that's against code. And that's just so negative. There's a reason that things aren't accepted by the code. And those standards are developed as these codes are developed with groups of people that are in the trade, that are in the industry, that understand, have been around a while, and see what happens when you do it the wrong way. That see what happens when you don't lay a fitting this direction or vent a fixture this way or do your water pipe sizing this way. It just seems so second nature. Well, we're just a bunch of tinker toys are going to put these pipes together. What size? What distance? How, what's the grade that they're running? How are they supported? These are things that are taken apart. I'm just so impressed with the time commitment from the volunteer people involved in editing and writing and adjusting these codes. It's countless hours and at IATMO, you administer that. So your position with IATMO, talk a little bit about what your leg of the organization involves. So my position within IATMO is I, I spread the good word of our code adoption process. Okay. Like you said, we involve all of industry in our process to develop the codes, whether you're an architect, an engineer, a plumbing instructor, a mechanical instructor, a code official. Right. We, we want everybody involved that can have a voice and a vote in our process. That's what makes our plumbing and mechanical codes very high standard. Because, oh, absolutely. Because, because we have those subject matter experts mm-hmm. that allow us to get their information and, and, and put it in, in our codes. Absolutely. So you, you even take that a step further. An architect, an engineer, some uh, tradespeople, there's actual master plumbers that are involved in this that have been in the field turning wrenches for 20, 30, 40 years, and they understand why certain things are an issue. And when you get that whole group together, it's an interesting dynamic. And... There's a mutual respect for everyone's opinion as these ideas are taken apart. Stay tuned. Your home discovery continues straight ahead. Your home discovery now continues. Here's your host, Charlie Campbell. Thanks for staying with us here on Your Home Discovery, sponsored in part by Contractors Garage. I mentioned before, do you want to get that business out of the basement? thousand or two thousand square foot units available workspaces this is perfect to get your business out of the house especially if you're not ready for that next big step of your own big building this is a great stepping stone we are visiting with brian rogers with the international association of plumbing and mechanical officials we've been talking about the mechanical code and the plumbing code And it's all about code, which sounds actually kind of negative, and it's not meant to. The downfall for the average Mr. and Mrs. homeowner that hears the word 
well, we can't do this because it's against code. It makes it feel like it's this policing agency that says, no, you can't do what you want to do to your largest investment. And the reality of it is it really should be viewed from a paradigm shift, and it probably should be worded differently. But we all get used to our acronyms and the way that we talk. So it shouldn't be done, not because it's against code. It shouldn't be done because it's proven over time that doesn't work as well as this. And our goal is not, I know this is going to, really irritate some people, so I'm going to be the one to say it. Our goal is not to make the plumbing inspector happy. Our goal is not to make the mechanical inspector happy. Or the goal is not to pay the municipality a certain amount of money for their permit. The goal is to ensure that when the project is done, as a homeowner, we realize that's probably your largest investment. And if you're going to trust this company, whoever it is, to do this prog- this project, it's fairly important that 10 years from now that still be working like it should and not have failed in six months because a certain standard wasn't followed. So there's a lot longer explanation to, well, we can't do that because it's against code. Well, the code's there for a reason. Then we take it apart even farther. If you're going to buy a product, if you're going to buy a kitchen sink faucet, if you're going to buy whatever plumbing fixture or fitting, if you're going to buy a furnace, one of the standards that trade technicians look for because the code inspector requires it is that it be an approved product. And there's no way that the code book could detail what might need to be included on every product. So you have certain stampings that can be put on products that are approved. So you have a research department. You have a talk a little bit high level, 30,000 foot elevation of how the, the, how do I see an IATMO stamp on a fitting or a product? Yeah, that's that, that's a great question, Charlie. And and like you said, it's not just the method of installation that's so important right. when installing plumbing systems. It's the products that you're installing. Because we all know everywhere in the world you can buy different grades of products from pencils and pens to cars oh, to yes. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, however, products in plumbing systems have to meet a specific standard. Yes. You can't just go out and buy any knick-knack thing and put it into your system. Right. So IATMO has a research and testing facility where manufacturers bring their products in to have them tested to a standard. Right. And what happens is we put the products through the process of what the standard reads. Right. Once that product passes the standard, we have our UPC shield. It's, it's a shield, and it says UPC in there, and it is stamped on the product. So inspectors, installers, anybody that looks at a product and they see that UPC shield on it, they know it has been third-party certified by IATMO 
and it is code compliant according to the uniform plumbing code to be installed in systems. Absolutely. So that just adds that extra layer of protection, of longevity. I mean, this is huge. When we start taking apart the concept of, let's look at three different simple projects. Let's remodel a kitchen and spend $50,000. Let's remodel a bath and spend $20,000. Let's build a brand new home and spend half a million dollars. I can't stress enough Go in and take a look at a 2-inch PVC 90. What is that? Five bucks? Four bucks? Okay, we're talking about a half a million dollar home. A $4 product has a UPC stamp on it. Each aspect of these systems need to be long-term. They need to be installed correctly. That's the benefit of the code. The plumbing code also covers... Probably one of the most important, I say important because of the life and safety aspect, gas piping. If gas piping isn't done to a certain standard, boom. I mean, I hate to say that, but that literally that's where that can go. If a water pipe isn't installed correctly, you're going to get wet. Okay, you didn't die. You got wet. The downfall to getting wet is... Wet claims can be twenty to $50,000 because of the damage that they do. So it is serious business, while it may not be life-threatening. Wait a minute. Water piping connected to the drain piping could be a bigger problem. There you now go. we might have yeah. that. So let's talk about another, briefly, another division of IATMO, the BPI. Yeah, BPI is the Backflow Prevention Institute. And basically the BPI is education, training, and certification for backflow prevention. Backflow has been around forever. It's mm-hmm. it's hydraulics. It's right. the, the action right. of water moving in a reverse direction, taking it from a potable or non-potable source into a potable source, and you contaminate your water. Mm-hmm. So... There are devices and methods that are used to protect our potable water from contamination from whether it's an industrial process, whether it's hooking a hose up to your outside hydrant and connecting one of those. Oh, yes. The uh, little spray connector. Yeah, the spray, spray, yes. spray bottles mm-hmm. to, to treat your lawn. Yes. Uh, those ho- outside hose bibs are to have a vacuum breaker on them. So if pressure is lost, you're not going to draw that contaminant back in through your hose bib. So there are a lot of different facets to Backflow Prevention Institute, to uh, you know education, training, and certification on testing devices. We just rolled out our cross-control survey program where we are training individuals to go into large commercial industrial buildings, mm-hmm. organizations, and actually look and see where the potential hazards are. Right. Where could this possibly go wrong mm-hmm. for a system? And we identify those and show you know what needs to be done in order to take care of those. Absolutely. And so much goes on that, that it, it happens 
most of the time correctly and we go on down the road and we don't even realize but you cannot walk into a convenience store or a restaurant anywhere and put your cup up against one of those levers that falls down to put soda pop in your cup without being directly connected into an entire plumbing system and a backflow preventer to keep the carbonator from creating issues. I mean, there are so many steps in this. And I don't know, it's been a few months ago, we had uh, Watts Water Technologies on and we talked through double checks. We talked through RPZs, pressure vacuum breakers, spill-proof pressure vacuum breakers, vacuum breakers, air gaps in general. And I think I got a whole lot of... Oh my, that was technical. So I, I try to I, I try to keep things at a higher, you know, just more of a basic level. But there is so much that goes into ensuring public safety and safe drinking water. The Backflow Prevention Institute is a necessary leg for those of us in the field. You you we have to have that support. We have to embrace that. So how does a homeowner interact with backflow prevention well there's a number of ways directly typically they will either already have them set up on an agreement or their municipality might send them a letter about their lawn irrigation system that their backflow needs to be tested on an annual basis hospitals the medical facilities in a lot of regions have to have those same backflows that are on their entire main that are on x-ray processors and things like that tested even more often sometimes every six months depends on municipalities and decisions where does all that come from it all comes from the development of codes and standards more helpful ways to build and improve your home sweet home are straight ahead stay tuned your home discovery now continues here's your host charlie campbell Welcome back to Your Home Discovery, sponsored in part by Contractors Garage. One-year leases, on-site restroom, tall overhead doors, more benefits than I can mention. We are visiting with Brian Rogers with the International Association of Plumbing and Mechanical Officials. So we have the code bodies, mechanical, plumbing. We have the research and testing, which is absolutely a necessary portion. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how you pipe it. And then, even once it's piped, we have to ensure that it isn't cross-connecting somehow. The backflow. What have I forgotten? Well, we have a, a fantastic training and education department. Yes, absolutely. That is second to none. That works really, really hard to educate tradespeople, uh, and inspectors. We have our own certification, inspector certification exam process where right. inspectors can study and, and take an inspector exam and be certified through the Uniform Plumbing Code for, for their inspection services. We also have a number of different online programs. I personally have taught many, many plumbing programs throughout the four throughout a lot of different areas of the United States. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, we take a lot of pride in, in just being able to educate and educate and educate. Absolutely. And, and without that education, that white truck with the ladder on top and the gentleman with a flashlight and a bucket of tools is going to have a harder time executing 
the project that you need completed. Education, any technician, be it an electrician, a plumber, heating and air conditioning technician, if they're honest about it, will tell you, I really do need continuing education. The struggle is some states require a certain amount of continuing education, and some of that ends up being sales presentations. And then there's the whole rut that we probably should talk about. The technician, no matter the trade, gets in this rut of, I only do these things this way and that's all, so I don't need to learn anything new. The evolution more so on the plumbing side than on the mechanical side. I mean, I don't know if people even know when they use the restroom in a commercial facility, they're being timed. I mean, you're there for 45 seconds and it flushes with less water than if you're there for three and a half minutes. These systems are getting so smart to help us live better that without education and training, how do you troubleshoot and repair? How do you know it's installed correctly? How do you know that it's going to work six months, a year from now if you don't have that training? Your training department is phenomenal. Other areas of IATMO that I haven't talked about. Before we get into the good stuff, like the whole, uh, the beneficial other things that you do, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but, but code trainings specific areas. We covered backflow prevention. We covered the uniform plumbing code, the uniform mechanical code. And with those codes, there's also study guides. There's, there's training manuals. Let's talk briefly about membership. How does a technician benefit from being a personal member of IATMO? Yeah, great, great question. And to be really honest, we are a membership organization. And we have members all over the United States and all over the world. Right. And the benefit of being a member of IATMO is the continuity and the information you get from other people, the communication. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we really pride ourselves in always holding an annual education and business conference where our members and even non-members, anybody's welcome, you know, that has an interest in our industry to come and learn about our codes, learn, you know, the education of the codes. Sure. And at these education and business conferences is when we actually take action on the development process of voting on the codes for the next edition. Now, the 2024 codes have just come out. Right. So starting in January, we will start the process to develop and publish the 2027 Uniform Plumbing Code, Uniform Mechanical Code. So now is the time for anybody in the industry, manufacturers, anybody that has an interest in code development to write in and request a code change proposal. We're sure. open to anything. And that really, whether you're a member or not, not a member, we're, we have an open book. We want, we want to hear from everybody that has, you know, good ideas sure. that makes the code stronger. So, you know, from membership, you know, there's just being part of an organization that cares so much about codes, 
public health and safety, we're all in it together. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk about it briefly from a different perspective. How does IATMO benefit a municipality? Let's take the technician out of it for a second. A city somewhere in America might be considering adopting an IATMO code. Tell me how that communication works between a municipality and IATMO. Yeah, that's uh, another great question. because There's municipalities all across the United States, whether it's state or local jurisdictions that adopt our codes. And there are many jurisdictions across the United States that don't adopt any codes. Right. You know, they're just not big enough. Well, if they get to a point where they want to adopt codes and they contact IATMO, our services are there to help them through the process. Right. And that's part of my job as in being in field services is to assist that jurisdiction, whether it's state or local jurisdiction, through that process so it's not as painstaking as starting with a blank piece of paper and going, hmm, Oh, I yeah. wonder how I adopt a code. We've been can through you it. imagine? Can you imagine sitting down with a pad of paper? Okay, first thing, in cold climates, I'm going to write this one down first. In cold climates, water piping must be protected from freezing. I mean, can you imagine starting from scratch? Right. I can't. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it, would... just, it makes my head hurt to think about all the things that are in it and the thought process that goes behind it. So now... We talked about taking a municipality that doesn't have a code, they've grown, now maybe they want to adopt one. Let's talk about a municipality that maybe already has a code in place, but as I mentioned early on in the program, unless you ask your code officials, your city code office in whatever city you're in, what code are you working under for plumbing? for mechanical, for electrical. The other question is what year? So let's say you have a municipality that's working off a code that's 10 years old. They haven't updated. They haven't changed. And there's a lot of work to that. How do you help in bringing in municipality? Boy, if I could say that twice, I ought to be on the radio yeah, the way I talk. There you go. If, how do you help bring a municipality more up to date? So what we do is like you said, there are jurisdictions out there that may be six, 10, 12 years behind the times of updating their codes. Every code cycle, we produce documents that are considered significant changes to the plumbing code, the mechanical code. So we have documents and we have the technical services ability to go to those jurisdictions and say, hey, we understand you know, it's, it's, it's a painstaking thing for a jurisdiction to update their codes. Right. But we have the resources to help them do it in, in a very efficient manner okay. because we have these documents, we have the technical services, we have the ability, we have the subject matter experts that can sit down with their staff, sit down with their plumbing board and lay these documents out and say, okay, here are the significant changes. And then your plumbing board will look at them and say, yes, I agree with that change or you know what? We're a little bit different here, so we are going to change the language a little bit, and then that's how your local municipalities come up with their own amendment package right. to the National Model Code language. Right. Absolutely. So we've talked about a lot. We have covered 
an immense amount of information. What have I forgotten? Well, I think it's very important for everybody to know how to get a hold of IATMO, how to connect with us. You know, I, I knew I was missing something. That's why I said, what did I forget? Maybe you're a mechanical contractor. Maybe you're a plumbing contractor. Heck, maybe you're a code official and you want to know more. Maybe you already have an IATMO code and you want to bring it up to date. Maybe you don't and you want to, or at least you want to learn a little more. How would I find out more? What's the easiest way? Well, the easiest way is like anything, the computer and and, and our website, Yes, which is www.iatmo.org. I-A-P-M-O dot O-R-G. See how slow I type? Yeah, that's 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 pretty good, though. Okay, I pulled it up. Wow, there is a ton of information. Stay tuned. Your home discovery continues straight ahead. Your home discovery now continues. Here's your host, Charlie Campbell. Welcome back to this edition of Your Home Discovery, sponsored by Contractors Garage. You know, I mentioned this several times during the program, but we have so much information that we're covering today about plumbing code, mechanical code, the, the, the safety, the health of the nation that we're protecting with these, these codes and the, and the designed installation. I haven't had a real chance to dig deeper into, I, I keep mentioning Contractor's Garage. This isn't just a storage space. This is a place designed for a business to operate. If your business is running low on room, it is great for plumbers, electricians, landscapers, contractors of any kind. It's gated, secured, extra large units, one-year leases, so you're not tied into this thing for five or ten years. On-site restrooms, tall overhead doors, 100-amp power, LED lighting, the list goes on and on and on. If you've got questions about expanding your business outside of the residence, or maybe you have a current business, a current lease, and you just need a little more space, check them out, contractorsgarage.com. We're visiting today with Brian Rogers with the International Association of Plumbing and Mechanical Officials. There are other municipalities in the country that use no written code at all. They have no specific criteria by which a home should be built. Other municipalities see the importance of minimum standards for health and safety, basically, to make sure that for most of us, our home is our largest investment. So we need to protect that investment by ensuring that it's being built to some sort of a quality minimum standard. I would encourage you to email me, charlie at yourhomediscovery.com. If you have questions that Brian and I didn't get covered today, uh, I, I think it'd be crucial for you to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. I'll get you connected with Brian or one of the other people with IATMO if you have questions 
about how IATMO could help with your business. Brian, let's get back into this amazing website, Yowza. Yeah, so if you go to the Field Services tab, Mm -hmm. it will bring up a map of the United States, and you can see where our Field Services team is scattered throughout the United States. And anybody that wants more information, whether you're a code official, a contractor, want to become more involved with IATMO, please give one of the field managers a call and and connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. Now, you also have chapters all over the country. And I'm noticing there's a membership and a chapters. There's a whole section in here on that. If I'm a mechanical contractor, if I'm a plumbing guy, and I want to learn more about the chapter in my area. Can you coach me through where I go on here? Yeah, exactly. Like you said, there's the chapters tab. So you can click on chapters. And throughout the United States, we have chapters everywhere. You can go to your region and click on that region. In the left-hand column there, you'll see where the field service manager is listed. There it is. There you can contact them and find out which chapter is closest to you and become involved. Well, that's another great place. You know, one of the questions I often get this time of year is, hey, do you know anywhere offering CEU hours in my region because it's time to renew my license and I need my hours? Well, you know, if you get involved with a local chapter, it's not, I need hours, it's, I need to figure out which ones of these hours I'm going to turn in this year. Because once you start attending the meetings, you start getting the education. And then you take that education back to the field. And the next time you're stuck on something and this clicks in your mind, oh, yeah, I learned that here. You have an hour or two hour get together every couple of months or whatever the scenario is for the area of the country. You start it, 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 it's, it's almost addicting. You, you, you learn more and those tend to grow. And so that's a great way to get involved. It really is. And, and, you know, they're not only learning from my Atmo, they're learning from everybody that attends the meeting. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's where just sitting down and, and talking with the, the guy next to you mm-hmm. saying, Hey, I ran into this the other, I've never seen this before. Right. And he says, Oh yeah, that happened to me a couple of years ago and this is how to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of education that goes just from the, from the inner connection and the biggest benefit to those chapters isn't even just the education in general. It's the market specific education because the guys sitting next to you are all working in pretty much the same market. So you're seeing the same things. You're dealing with the same vendors. You're dealing with the same code officials. You have a lot of common ground to help each other build. Exactly. And it's, it, it's really a neat thing when I go out and, and do chapter meetings and interact with our members to see that. Right. It, it, it's very, very satisfying. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about some really additional cool portions of IATMO that are, you know, they kind of give back. IATMO has a humanitarian arm yes. to it, and it's called I Wish. Mm-hmm. Here again, there Another goes acronym. those acronyms again, right? I Wish. Yeah. I Wish you'd quit using acronyms. Yeah. I'm kidding. Well, no, I mean, I Wish stands for the International Water Sanitation and Hygiene Foundation. And this was established 
quite a few years ago with the intent of bringing clean water and sanitation to those that don't have it. Right. Originally, we did projects overseas. Believe it or not, there are over 2 billion people in the world that do not have access to clean water and safe sanitation. Mm -hmm. And of those, there's over 2 million in the United States that do not have access to clean water and safe sanitation, whether it's indoor plumbing, sanitation services, Mm -hmm. clean water to their house. Sure. So partnering with a lot of different organizations and looking at what can we do to make a difference. Right. We can't solve the world's problem. No. But we can go into jurisdictions. We go into the Navajo Nation in New Mexico where they are really deprived of the infrastructure to have clean water in their homes. Right. They have water trucked in. Sure. A lot of their sanitation from their homes is is not what we're used to, mm-hmm. what we take for granted. Right. So our I Wish organization spends a lot of time trying to identify where we can make the most impact. And we go in there with a number of different partners and try and make a difference. Well, and being an internationally recognized organization, I I guess that's the piece of it that I like, respect, and would chase after the most with my dollars. You see on television, you'll hear radio advertisements, you'll see social media posts with a child sitting with a bowl of muddy water and they're really good at explaining and they may be truly helping people get clean water. You're not the only organization that does. But when I catch one of those ads, 50% of me feels terrible for what I see The other 50% of me wonders, who are these people? I've never heard of them. So if I'm going to donate, if I'm going to help an organization help in this battle, I think a well-known organization like the International Association of Employment Mechanical Officials, again, acronyms drive me crazy, the water sanitation, that's so important. And I'm, I'm glad we... You know, we're ending the program talking about that portion because that's huge to see these people all of a sudden take a drink of actual good, clean, safe, healthy water. That means a lot. That's not just, well, it met code, right? That actually changed lives long term. It, it, it really does. You know, we... The codes and standards are written for public health and safety. Right. Bottom line. Right. Well, I wish organization is there to help mm-hmm. for public health and safety. Absolutely. And, and by providing clean water and safe sanitation. Well, Brian, I appreciate you joining us on this edition of Your Home Discovery. I, it took us a long time to pull it off, but again, I'm glad that you were able to stop in. Thank you for being with us. Well, I can't thank you enough for having me, Charlie. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks for enjoying another edition of Your Home Discovery with Charlie Campbell, a presentation of CQH Ranch, LLC, keeping everything around your home sweet home looking great. Broadcast nationally on AM and FM radio stations, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and more, plus easily found on most social media channels. 
Tune in again soon for more tips and ideas to keep your home sweet home looking great. Podcast available 24-7, yourhomediscovery.com.